this morning to relax the tension and of resting in yourself. An attitude of openness and receptivity rather than uh, notice any tendency to for compulsive uh, feelings of having to do something. So even we can make this in relaxed attention into some compulsive another thing we've got to learn to do. Uh, that's not what I'm encouraging is grasping the idea, but, you know, using the present moment <coughs> just for being a sense of well-being, trusting, openness, listening, not trying to listen to anything in particular, but just like the, the sense of listening is open to everything, whatever sound or <coughs> vibration, you're uh, allowing yourself to be a receptor. So regard meditation as relaxation, as openness. Ajahn Chah used to call it holiday for the heart. Which baffled me at first because I, I always saw it as hard work. You know, you, you get in there and you put forth enormous effort to concentrate on your breath. And then... Uh, and then getting frustrated when you can't make make your mind obey. It's having to do something is is of having to there's something I've got to do. I've got to get rid of this wandering mind. Get rid of my anger. I've got to achieve. I've got to be have more meta. I must be more aware. I've got to become more mindful. Well, these are kind of the the thinking mind. So listening is listening, and even listening to your thoughts, but not not believing anymore or not denying, but just this kind of attentive, receptive listening.
know, this awareness is, is to be recognized. It's not, you know, you can't you can't make it make yourself aware through an act of will. So that's why it's much more this witnessing, observing, and noticing. Trying to get, trying to be mindful is like this. And I've got this notion <coughs> that I should be more mindful and develop mindfulness. This very thought and suggestion makes me, it puts me into this, I've got to do something to get something. And that leads towards this, uh, desire to become one of the causes of suffering. Desire to become a more mindful person. That's why it's more like like feeling, you know, just learning to (coughs) feel yourself and, and observe. Not with an agenda of attaining or anything, but as a atten- like relaxed attentiveness to the present, re- an embracing of the present as is in whatever qualities or conditions you're experiencing. Then uh, this phrase, the way it is. Well, this, these words are pointed just to, to observe. It's like this. And uh, with its intuitive attention rather than trying to define it you know, or describe it. You don't need to describe how it is or whether it's good or bad or whatever, but just the way it is is like this. As you know, as you're what the experience you're having right now is like this. This is an honest statement. You know, it's just pointing to getting us to pay attention on this through this in this broad way. To any kind of agendas we might have or fears or attitudes opinions we're holding about ourselves or meditation.
Now, the, the way it is in terms of being the witness to Dhamma, Buddha knowing the Dhamma, this is the paradigm in that this attentiveness, Buddha knowing the way it is. It's not me and how, how I think it is or how I think it should be. When it gets into the ego again, then then it's I'm putting the ego into the subjective position, and that's conditioned. It's my memories and personality and all that, and loves and hates, biases and so forth. So then, uh, you know, then I get into my my critical mind. When I put my personality into the subjective position, operate from the personal, and I I like this, I don't like that and I approve of this, I don't approve of that. But when I'm letting go of that false identity of the ego or the personality, then there's the pure subjectivity, pure consciousness, which is Buddha, Bhutto, the knowing, uh, this is where wisdom operates from this level of intuitive knowing. It's uh, it's not consciousness that with conditions that we're that we're attaching to the conditions that we put into consciousness. So like mindfulness allows us to recognize, realize pure consciousness before we create ourselves into it. That's why it's empty, or anatta, no self. It's not a personal thing I'm creating. As soon as I create myself, then I'm conscious still, but I'm operating from the uh, this condition of self. And then I experience life through through my loves and hates, my ignorant views and opinions. Back in the samsara. Because the self is a condition. You acquire it. You're not born with a self. But you're born with consciousness. You know, when your um, baby is born, it doesn't no, It doesn't have a name or it doesn't think of itself, doesn't have memory of being any anybody, has no biases, doesn't see itself as a, you know, you know, when you're first born, it doesn't say, "I'm a little boy, m- mommy." <laughs> we think, "Oh, we've got a boy." <laughs> we think, you're a boy. You're a girl. So, getting to pure consciousness is what mindfulness is. Uh, is what we call mindfulness or sati. Sampachanya. And then we can, then we have perspective on the self, you know, and how I feel and what I like and don't like as a person. So then, uh, the paradigm of Buddha Dhamma Sangha, then say this is this is a function of the this is a convention too. You know, these are words 
but they're they're tools to remind us. They're kind of they can be used skillfully. So say in my own practice, then the word Buddha or Bhutto, when I look at the Buddha image here on the shrine, or any Buddha image anywhere, you know, over the years, so just it, it reminds me. Doesn't mean think of of worshiping some kind of abstract idea of Buddha. But it's it's recognizing, it reminded me to relax and open, to be be in this awareness. And and that helps to put into perspective my own my own tendencies to always want to become controlled, get rid of, resist, uh, and you know, get involved and overwhelmed with samsara or the conditioned realm. So then what does Buddha know? It's the ability to know. Consciousness is knowing, isn't it? Conscious forms, then we, we know. There's a knowing here. So there's this knowing is then aligned with wisdom rather than with conditioning. <coughs> So we're, we're, our education is about condition knowing. You learn about all kinds of things and subjects. You read textbooks and manuals and theses and things like this to to acquire knowledge from the you know what other people have acquired, and so you know maybe know a lot about all kinds of interesting subjects. But this isn't knowing about anything. It's just pure knowing. Unadulterated knowing. And knowing from this position, you know, this is, the form is here, the, the physical body sitting on this platform, it's here, knowing the way it is. And then, then the, uh, in terms of Dhamma, then we reflect on sapesankaranicca, all conditions are impermanent. Now we're not grasping this as an idea, you know, that we we believe that everything is impermanent. Because that's not, it's just grasping somebody else's idea. But it's a, it's a reminder to investigate. So when we chant sapesankaranicca, it isn't a belief that we we can we have to believe in, but it's a reminder to observe just the the way the way it is in terms of experience now. The feelings in your body, the the general mood you're in, the the experience through the senses, through seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, thinking. So Buddha knowing Dhamma, then it's knowing impermanence. It's like this. It's not making any judgment about impermanence being good or bad. Isn't it? It's not. Then we're back into 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 the thinking mind again. 
we, we you know, in, in some of our ignorant states, we'd like all the good things to be permanent and all the bad ones to be impermanent. But that's not the way it is. That's not the, that's not how we. Well, that's not our experience, and we'll never <coughs> be able to. Uh, you know, we'll, we're setting ourselves up for uh, you know uh, perpetual disappointment if we don't see what we're doing. So this is a way of observing change, anicca. In the present moment, you can, you know, we can. We know the body is impermanent, <coughs> but at this point, you know, it just, I, I'm not particularly aware of it, it doing something called aging at this very moment, even though it probably is. I don't feel any older than I did when I came in the room. This is the body. But you know, uh, so we instead of looking uh, on the on the gro coarser level, you know, like Rock of Gibraltar is impermanent. But for most of us, the realities of our life, it's it's pretty permanent. Rock <laughs> for all practical purposes in our lives, we don't have to see it as impermanent. Uh, but the. Uh, but it is, you know, but we, it's not. But what we can see at this moment, noticing impermanence in a direct way, is, uh, is your own feeling and your thinking and sensation. Because they're rising and ceasing. So the point of this is to see the Dhamma rather than than when we think when you know see all conditions are impermanent. Then once we really have this insight, know this uh, on a deeper level and just grasping the ideas of impermanence, then of course it's obvious the Rock of Gibraltar is impermanent. <laughs> we can extract it. We don't need to stand from the macrocosmic position of God, uh, you know, and knowing everything about everything from that high point. And we're, we're humble creatures. We can, uh, we learn from little things, <coughs> not, not grand, <coughs> magnificent visions and, and universal systems, but from the way it is right now, uh, the body, the the way you, what you're feeling, your thinking, your emotional experience, heat and cold of the body, pleasure and pain, breathing, 
so this is where this mindfulness then puts us, is, is this word reminds us, remembering, letting go, relaxing. Not to say, I should be more mindful, but to, as soon as we get caught up in, in, in our own uh, habits, get taken over by the samsara, there's a point where we suddenly realize that we're caught in this, in this, in these, in just this, these cycles of habit. At that moment, there's awakened moment. So in recognizing mindfulness, it's it's just this, you know, the, in in my own practice, I had to affirm this is it. And then the thinking mind says, are you sure, Samedo, you could be, you know, you could be wrong. <coughs> and so the thinking mind will always, you know, that's why you've got to give up believing your thinking mind. It just lies and deceives you all the time anyway. <coughs> so, trust more on the intuitive sense. This this can only be it. This is it right now. And it's like being poised and still, but alert and not in a trance. Fully conscious. The body's functioning, doing its what it has to do. And everything is what it is, you know. Uh, it, the thinking mind or the emotional uh, states I'm experiencing are, are the way they are. So more and more by, by noticing, paying attention, realizing, recognizing this natural state. So it's not dependent on anything. This is, you know, this is where Meditation retreats like this can be s deceptive because we we think that we can only be mindful under these kind of conditions. But once you recognize it, then you integrate that, you develop it wherever you are. Because it's not dependent on quiet, still, noble silence, uh, uh, you know, an ideal situation where you're, there's no conflicts, no wars, no quarrels, no challenges. But So, see, this retreat is an opportunity to begin to, to recognize, realize this, value it. You know, it's, a, it's Buddha, Dhamma Sangha. It's, it's something that, you know, when we did the morning, chanted the morning, Puja is what it's all about.
Now, one thing that's uh, recognized mindfulness is like this. Things in, in re, we can observe, like the, the posture sitting is like this, and breathing, walking, meditation, standing, lying down. So it's 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 very helpful to concentrate or observe the the body because it's here and now, and it is the way it is at this moment, and it's a, an obvious kind of coarse condition, not not subtle like the mental states and whatnot. So, but it needs to be recognized to be received and recognized. I'm not trying to get rid of it and bypass it, but put it in the right context. Because it is an energetic conscious form. And so, you know, it, we have to live with it till it dies. So, it, you know, might as well understand it. And, and no longer, you know, judge it according to personal uh, views or trying to, to ignore it or make it do things it's not supposed to do or, you know, misuse it, exploit it, which we oftentimes do and people are doing all the time because they identify with it and they want to use it and... Uh, we get ourselves into all kinds of trouble and miserable experiences because of that. So in meditation, we're, we're not trying to, to exploit it or misuse it, but recognize it with, with this awareness, with the sati and the panya, with the wisdom. So staying with the body in the present is learning to just rest in it and not try to make it do something or, <coughs> you know, force it to obey you, but to observe it, the experience now of your body sitting is like this.
So attitude of receiving, even with if your mind wanders a lot, don't fight it and try to stop it. Just observe it. Be the wandering mind is like this. So what or emotional states you might find, you know, not trying to. Whatever conditions that are p- that you're experiencing are, is grist for the mill. It's all path knowledge, and if you see it in the, in the with the right attitude. <coughs> And sometimes, you know, if I want to stop thinking, and then we try to control the mind. I used to do this a lot. I used to, with Anapanasati, mindfulness of the breath. It's the way they used to teach it, you know, concentrate on the inhalation from the beginning to the end without a thought. So I grasped that idea, and I... And then the, then the mind would wander and <laughs> uh, just trying to, to make myself do this. And then fi- sometimes I could. Sometimes, it, you know, the conditions weren't allowing, you know, to get tranquil. But I didn't, you know, I wasn't aware of the, you know, how it worked. I just had this idea, grasping the idea of Anapanasati and and then trying to make myself operate according to what I'm grasping without being aware of what I'm actually doing or the conditions that I'm experiencing. So with uh, Sati Sampatanya it allows us to just be aware of the conditions of here and now, both internally, like what you're feeling inside yourself, or the, the environment that you happen to be experiencing at this moment, around you, like this. Being in a shrine room like this with a lot of people is like this. You know, so you're, you're uh, in, uh, in some people have uh, views they can't meditate in groups <coughs> because they they have to meditate when they're alone in in a room or a shrine room all by themselves. Well, I think we can form opinions about what we can do and can't do, <coughs> but this is not. But this isn't, you know. Th- not trying to to justify uh, group retreats, but this is the you know whatever your experience is is the way it is you know it's like this. So whether sitting in a group of people makes you feel calm and supported, or makes you feel self-conscious and frustrated, just be the knowing of it rather than than uh, being caught up in in the feeling that you're experiencing. Learning to 
rest in this in this natural state of being aware where then the all our fears and opinions and views can we begin to see them not no longer are they the things that that delude us that limit us whatever you attach to it limits you all the time you're bound to it Whatever you decide you are and your self-worth, you're, you're bound to that view. You're limited by what you attach to. So we create all kinds of limitations, you know, self-respect, lack of self-respect, good, bad, right, wrong, can do, can't do, successful, you know, male, female. We're bound, we, we put the boundaries in, we believe in the in the forms as reality. So now they say this, letting go, not, dis, not getting rid or destroying form, but putting it in its proper place. And its proper place is it arises and ceases in our consciousness, whatever it is whatever thought, feeling, mood, sensory experience. So we're seeing it as Dhamma. Rather than as me and mine. <coughs> this changing from the me and mine position to Buddha Dhamma Sangha. This is how this is a, how, how I use these these terms so that they're quite practical and they're really helpful rather than just traditional. 